Here's the situation, Rush. Fort Knox is just loaded with gold, or so we've always been told. I'm going to name some other locales, and I want you to tell me what those places are just loaded with. All right. Uh, it could be some privileged information I need to <laughs> disclose, but I'll do it. Uh, I'm Rush Howell. I'm TJ Jagodowski. And this is Here's the Situation, a real podcast about hypothetical situations. And this week's theme is Fourth Knox. That's correct. Fourth Knox. Yes, and uh, we, we spelled Knox, K-N-O-C-K-S, if anyone's wondering. But, uh, you know, as usual, the... Uh, the uh, the first one we mentioned defies defies the uh, the pun and goes right at right, right at the right at the root. But <laughs> you always got to do at least one that <laughs> right. goes at the thing you're doing the pun of. Right. And TJ, uh, I'm excited with what we're going to start with. Uh, so uh, here's the situation. I've right, heard a lot about the Howl movie theory of uh, trilogies. That's yes. not quite what it is. The Howl. You know, movie trilogy, trilogy theory. I don't know. A yeah. Theorem. Why have I theorem. lost the ability? I don't know. It's uh, yeah. It's a theorem. It's a theory. It's a uh, a postulate. Is it a? Uh... No, it's the Howell theory. Okay. But, I mean, I, I think I, I just Howell theory of movie say, trilogies. It's, say it's the Howell theory of movie trilogies. I don't know why go. I struggled with it, but yeah. I did. <laughs> but the Howell theory of movie trilogies is that ninety percent of trilogies either goes two, one, three meaning the second movie, then the first and the third, or one, three, two, in terms of quality. And people always ask me, it's usually smart asses, TJ, but people mm-hmm. always say, where would you, what happens with the fourth movie? How, what does that do? And I'm like, it doesn't matter. Fourth movies are always terrible. Mm-hmm. And I, I usually just blow past the question. But today, as in, in, in you know, an effort of science, really, more yeah. than anything, I'm going to have you do a bracket. Oh, boy. We're going to do something I call a two-way bracket. So we're going to figure out both the best and worst out of this 32-team bracket. Wow. To see the best and the worst fourth movie Ooh. in a movie franchise. And then I'm going to use that later to think about my movie trilogy theorem, our theory of movie trilogies, okay. and see what I think. Because once, once a movie, there, I mean, there's a word for trilogy. There's not really a word for a four, a four thing, right? I mean, once right. it does that, it's a... A series, a franchise, a, 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 a something, a something else, right? It's 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 a James Bond kind of thing where now there's just yeah. going to be you know who knows how many. Almost always a mistake. Yeah, right? usually a mistake. There's rarely do you stop at four. Like yeah. to your point, a lot of people stop at three, and we're going to talk about that later. One of at three. one of the better ones that, that I can think of off the top, and maybe it's in here, was uh, and I don't even think I saw one or three. Of this, but Star Trek Four, I think I remember being oh, pretty good. There, okay, it's good. It. That's the one with the whales. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. That was a good one. I liked that one. That was nice. And that's it's seated. It got one of the eight seats. Oh, very, and, uh, very good. I wrote down next to it the one with the whales. Okay, perfect. <laughs> yeah, because on several of these, there, there are going to be a lot of these you haven't seen. Okay. What I'm going to ask you is if if you haven't seen it, you just got to make a snap judgment. Yeah, right? I will. So, I will. That's great. All right. So you ready to go? I'm and, ready, like man. I said we're going to have a weird. We're going to do both the winning and losing bracket. Okay. So we're going to do winners first and then we'll, and then we'll see the worst of the, of the fourth movies ever. Can do. So first up Rocky four against X-Men origins Wolverine. Rocky four wins. All right. So Rocky four advances. Uh, next uh, round for that winner is going to be Rambo. So it could be Stallone against Stallone. This is Rambo 08 okay. against American Reunion, fourth in the American Pie series. Oh, boy. 
Uh, haven't seen either. I'm just going to make a judgment that uh, that uh, the Rambo one was more was more enjoyable. All right. I've seen them both, and I, I still couldn't tell you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Police Academy Four: Citizens on Patrol, important <laughs> movie in my childhood. Okay, uh, is up against Mission Impossible, the fourth one, which was called Ghost Protocol. Okay, uh, just no offense to friends of ours who uh, I think were in that that fourth Police Academy. Uh, in general, the quality of those Mission Mission Impossible movies was a little bit higher. So um, okay. I will I will go with Ghost Proto Ghost Protocol on that one. And Ghost Protocol was an interesting one because it, that it totally Hoffman changed or? the series because two and three weren't as good as one. It was a it was a one three two a classic one three okay. two, and then four came out and was arguably as good or better than one. And and that has been an odd series where movies four through seven or whatever it is were were better than the original trilogy. That's which been an which one was Philip Seymour Hoffman? Three. Three. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Uh, next up, Born Legacy, which you may have forgotten. It had Jeremy Renner right. taking over for Matt Damon. Right. Uh, up against uh, The Hobbit, An Unexpected Journey, the first of the Hobbit movies, but the fourth in the Peter Jackson, Lord of the Rings movies. The, the, all them Hobbits weren't so hot, and all the Bournes are pretty okay. So I'm going to go with Bourne, even even with the change of casting Born. Fight sequences in Bourne are overall pretty damn okay. And I'm not, I don't, I don't love fighting, but they do their fight sequences really well. They do. They do. Born, don't remember that much about Born Legacy, but uh, you know, I, I'm not surprised. Feels a little bit more like a pick against the Hobbit. Yeah. Necessarily pick I, I think I went to see that Hobbit with my grandmother and uh, it was, I, I'm pretty sure it was 3D and her review was, well, there was a lot of unnecessary falling in that thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I remember that sequence. And where they're like in barrels in the river. Uh, yep. And I yeah. was like, this is just made for the video. Game. Yeah. You know, it's like, come on. And if that if that was the same one, they they like they were taken up by by spiders and like fell out, f- kept on falling out of the trees. And there was something where they were falling down like scaffolding, tons of tons of like mining scaffolding, just falling, falling, falling down that. I think they're in the barrels and they fall. They like fell through, you know, fell down the rivers in the barrels. There was just tons of of three D falling with shots from underneath. So like a lot of things were falling at you. Um, and it takes a lot yeah. for my grandmother and I not to enjoy, you know, like a good old yeah. Lord of the Rings family movie. And we didn't enjoy that one. But I mean, that's why your grandmother has her podcast, which is called Grandma Jagodowski's <laughs> Dead on Accurate, One Sentence Incisive Movie Review. This is Grandma Kennedy, who is dead. So de- the Dead on Accurate part is, is, re- is, is really accurate. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, I mean, she recorded. I mean, that, that's the great shame of it. She recorded seventy six of them. They're each one that's is a right. treasure. We wish we could hear as some more, but she got. I mean, she certainly nailed it on that one. Oh, yeah, she did. Uh, too much falling. All right, we're into the next quadrant. Of okay. The bracket. We've got Harry Potter, Goblet of Fire. Uh, you know, the one that involved the uh, Tri Wizard Tournament with okay. the uh, other schools coming in. And uh, spoiler alert. Uh, that the tragic death of one uh, of the l- characters in the hedge maze at the end. I love a tournament. I, and I love, I love, you know, a bunch of school. It's like, it's like battle of the network stars meets, you know, Harry Potter. That one, that one was, I remember the, top, the book, top two or three book. I remember the, yeah. Maze. I remember the book better than I remember the movie. That was like floor decor or whatever. And, uh, and then the yeah, Russian yeah, guy and Florida yeah. Decor and Victor Crumb yep. shows up. Uh, that's up against Scream Four. Surprisingly decent uh, continuation of the Scream series. Of the bunch of those two, I'll go with Harry Potter. Although I don't remember, I'm not sure if I saw Scream Four or not, and I'm not sure if I saw the Harry Potter movie. But 
I'll go with that Harry one. Potter had Robert Pattinson making, uh, uh, you know, one of his uh, probably breakthrough for him pre Twilight and everything and so forth. Okay. Uh, next up, Vegas Vacation against Terminator Salvation, the Christian Bale uh, Terminator movie. Uh, where I think he plays uh, John Connor in the future or whatever against uh, Vegas Vacation. Ve- that was the fourth one. Vegas Vacation was the fourth one. Yeah, oh, okay. Had, uh, oh, European gotcha. That's two, what, oh, okay, right. Christmas. Whew. That had to be rough. Uh, I, I, as as they moved on, the Audreys and and uh, the Audreys got weird. Like the faces of the Audreys and 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 Rusty's got weird. Um, so I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with uh, Terminator. Yeah, that that was a weak uh, a weak duo there. Um, yeah. Next up, Lethal Weapon Four against Fast and Furious, which is the name of the fourth, the Fast and Furious. Really, they just went bare bones with the fourth one. Was just it's, it's very confusing until you get to about like F six wow. or whatever. It's very confusing. There's like Tokyo Drift is the third one. And then Fast and Furious is the fourth one. So even though we've had Richard Donner as a as a theme here, if you ever go back and listen, watch any of the Lethal Weapons, and I saw like maybe three or four minutes of them the other day, for whatever reason, Richard Donner just directed Mel Gibson and Danny Glover to talk over each other the whole time. The whole time. <laughs> do, you, do you recall that? Where they're like, well, you shouldn't have gone, you know, like Mel Gibson's like half talking to himself, half talking to Danny Glover. Like, well, you shouldn't have even gone in there. You know, like there's, there was no reason we even had to go. Oh, okay. no, you know, what do you do? It's like, like they're over each other the whole damn time. Um, so if only for, if only for the sound clarity of dialogue, I'm going to go with Fast and Furious uh, uh, winning, winning that matchup. Nice. Uh, Bride of Chucky. Uh, don't know much about the Chucky movies, okay. but Bride of Chucky apparently is number four against Toy Story 4. Toy Story 4 was a fine film. Uh, Toy Story 4, one, one of the top seeds. You might not be surprised. Yeah. Uh, next up, uh, we're into the next part of the bracket. Thunderball, which I guess is the fourth Bond, Okay. Uh, against Batman and Robin, the fourth of the... Oh, that uh, stunk. You know what? Like yeah. For a guy who's worked for a long, long time, I'm not sure Chris Connolly's good at anything. Chris O'Donnell. Chris O'Donnell. Sorry, yeah, Chris O'Donnell. I'm not sure he's good at anything. I liked him in that one with Minnie Driver, and then he was what Scent of a Woman. That was like Circle of Friends yeah, yeah, or whatever. Was, and he, he was, was pretty good in Scent of a Woman, but he was just he like, didn't have to do much, right? Yeah. Like, what do I do with this crazy guy? Yeah. Um. So of those two, what was the first one? I'm gonna go with the non-Batman one. Thunderball. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Thunderball. All right, then we got Men in Black 4, which is uh, Tessa Thompson and uh, Chris Hemsworth. Just saw that not too long ago. uh, Alien Resurrection, which I don't know anything about. I'm going to just go with the one that I saw, and that was the Men in Black 4. I I don't think I saw... Well, I know I didn't see the Alien Resurrection one. We got Shrek. No, you know what? Reverse that. Sorry. I saw it, and it was not good. I'll go with the one that I didn't see on the assumption that it was better. Got it. Alien Resurrection advances. Yep. Um, now we got Shrek Forever After against uh, Conquest of the Planet of the Apes. I think 1972. Not talking about the more recent trilogy, hmm. which doesn't have a fourth one yet, but the older one. Uh, I guess I'll go with Planet of the Apes. Okay. So we got Conquest of the Planet of the Apes. Uh, last section of the bracket. Uh, oh, no, no. Sorry. One more in this section. Uh, Transformers Age of Extinction. Okay. Against Live Free or Die Hard, the uh, the fourth in the Die Hard series. Mm, 
Pure uh, pure nostalgia vote. Live free or or die hard. Pretty good movie, I thought. Pretty okay, good. good. But, but uh, who's the bad guy? Don't remember. Okay, uh, but it was like <laughs> Bruce Willis and maybe Justin Long or some younger guy that he's got to like, kind of like. Uh, I think he's dating his daughter, maybe or something. And he's got to okay. like, you know, it's just kind of perfect for Bruce Willis. Once again, he's got to like <laughs> begrudgingly come to the rescue of folks. And there's, there's much great action. I, it was a good movie. Uh, not super memorable, obviously. All right, bottom bottom section here. Star Trek for the voyage home yep. against Superman for one of the most critically panned movies of all time. Star Trek. Star Trek four. I like that. I like the message of that movie. I like whales. Uh, now we get the Phantom Menace against Sudden Impact, the me, uh, fourth in the Dirty Harry movies. Give me Sudden Impact. Oh, also terrible. But I have I a, I, but I have a particular hate for that damn Phantom Menace movie. Mm, could go deep in the bad, bad part of the brain. Yeah. Uh, Saw four, Jaws four. Uh, pretty simple, damn near uh, palindromes or whatever uh, anagrams of each other. Saw four, Jaws four. Give me the uh, torture porn of Saw four. All right. <laughs> And finally, Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Ugh, Crystal Skull rough. against Mad Max Fury Road. Oh, Fury Mad Max um, Fury Road. That was that's gonna win. I'll tell you right now, that's gonna win this. <laughs> I well I kept it till the end. Yeah, that's gonna win this. That was a fine film. Fine film. It is dominant number oh, one. That when is... I looked at when I looked at list of the best fourth best movie, which is oh. why by the way I'm doing the champion first. I thought there was an outside chance that maybe one or two of these could uh, maybe Toy Story four, Star Trek four, I think both of those will go deep, but they're, they're, everything's gonna lose to, to that to that Fury Road. That was I had Toy Story four as the two seats. So we'll see. Uh, is there any right, chance so- that is there any chance that the Mad Max Fury Road is is the only four that's better than any of the one, two, and three. And I'm not saying it's never it's definitely better than than Mad Max, the original one, but is is that is that is that a potential in sure any other that, series? That, well, here here are the ones that that I, I would say possibly could could be argued to be the best one. Toy, uh, sorry, uh, certainly Mad Max Fury Road, Ghost Protocol, arguably. Okay. Uh, most people would say the first Mission Impossible. I think, I mean, that's an iconic movie, but Ghost Protocol was really good. And if I had to watch one of them tomorrow, I'd rather watch Ghost Protocol. Um, there's may, there's a possibility that Goblet of Fire, I mean, it, okay. it was certainly a better gotcha. book than, gotcha, right. than one and two. I, I, as, as I've said before, Prisoner of Azkaban, I liked better as a book, but... Um, well, didn't and I don't know enough about Fast and Furious. It's possible that was better. Didn't real Mission Impossible fans really dislike the one because they didn't they basically make the Peter Graves character the villain in that first one? They that John Voight was the bad guy, right? Yeah. And that was the Peter Graves the the Peter Graves comp, I think from that who was like Yeah, that was the surprise. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I think there was a lot of like nostalgic uh, uh, ass ass pain from from that one. They felt like that was real dirty pool. It's also it's definitely not correct, but I think you would get you would get over twenty percent of people would say Rocky Four might have been the best. Okay, Rocky because it just would kind of depend on when you were born and what level of like anti-Soviet propaganda you enjoy. It's it's just a totally different franchise by then, right? I mean, by by Rocky Four, it's not Rocky. It's not the world of Rocky One anymore. It's not right. You know, it's a different movie. That was that was. 
that may as well be Raging Bull. And he turns into an action hero instead yeah. of a drama. You know, it's it's it, 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 you're, you're totally right. Um, all right, so we'll uh, we'll move through here. Rocky Four versus Rambo. Who, Rocky. Uh, who, all right. Yeah. So Stallone wins in the battle against himself. Yeah. Uh, Mi Ghost Protocol against Born Legacy. Uh, Mi then. Uh, Harry Potter, Goblet of Fire against Terminator Salvation. Harry Potter? Uh, Fast and Furious against Toy Story 4. Toy Story 4? Thunderball against Alien Resurrection. Mm, give me Bond. How good is Thunderball? I, I know very little about Bond. Where where, where does that kind of stack? I recall so little about it. Like if you if you if you got halfway through thunderball and said i was actually watching moonraker i'd be like okay right you got me man you got me yeah that's how i am and basically until maybe like pierce brosnan like like goldeneye was the first time Mm -hmm. i started kind of differentiating (laughs) i was just too young i think um Conquest of the Planet of the Apes versus Live Free or Die Hard, which might be two um, you don't really remember. Yeah, I uh, Live Free or Die Hard, then, of the two. Star Trek Four against Sudden Impact. Star Trek. And Saw Four against Mad Max Fury Road. Fury Road in a walk, man. Uh, we got Rocky Four. We got Ghost Protocol. Rocky Four for personal my personal taste. Yeah, I think a lot of people... Rocky IV consistently top three or four in the list. I was looking yeah. up for these. Uh, Goblet of Fire uh, versus... And I have Rocky IV. I had it seated higher. Uh, Goblet of Fire versus Toy Story. Toy Story. Thunderball against uh, Live Free or Die Hard. Hmm. You know, with no memory of it, give me Thunderball. I love I love early Bond. I, I really do. That's like that's that like West region. It just, <laughs> yeah. it, it just wasn't as strong. I mean, this could have been that was probably a champion of champions showdown. James Bond against John McClane. I think that was literally yeah. a showdown we had. Yeah, we we have had that. We have had that in the past. Uh, and uh, no, no, I don't think either either one. So <laughs> right. neither is in the, the finals. Mad Max. Uh, Star, Star Trek against Mad Max. It's so tough. That's hurt a little bit. That's but. too bad because if it was in a different side, I'd be moving. I'd be moving Star Trek on, but it's Mad Max. All right, so final four, uh, Rocky Four against Toy Story Four. Hmm. I'm guessing Toy Story Four was actually a better film. All right, and Thunderball against Mad Max. Mad Max. Mad Max, and then Mad Max takes out Toy Story. Yes, it does. All right, so now, because I said it's a two-way bracket, so here we go: X Men Origins Wolverine against American Reunion. Which is worse? American Reunion. Uh, Police Academy 4, Citizens on Patrol versus The Hobbit, An Unexpected Journey. Which is worse? Hobbit was more disappointing. Ooh. Uh, Scream 4 against Vegas Vacation. Which is worse? Vegas Vacation is worse. Uh, sorry. Uh, Lethal Weapon 4 against Bride of Chucky. What's the worst one there? Bride of Chucky was worse. <laughs> <laughs> Would they have had to talk over each other? I know. Also, <laughs> you, you know, like Chucky is how old's Chucky? Eight. He shouldn't yeah, be getting yeah. married. He's uh, he's he's eight and homicidal. There's no way he should take a bride. Uh, there was there was a myriad of problems with that. I I don't know what's going on with that doll. I've never been interested <laughs> to be honest. But uh, 
Batman and Robin against uh, Men in Black 4, which is worse? Uh, I really did not like Batman and Robin a lot. Uh, one of the worst movies I have ever seen. Yeah. I could, couldn't agree with you more. Um, uh, Shrek Forever After or uh, Transformers Age of Extinction, which is worse there? Uh, Transformers is worse. Uh, then we've got... Uh, Superman 4 against the Phantom Menace. Who's going to oh, advance there? Jeez. I really didn't like the Phantom Menace. I really felt like it was desecration. I'm going to say the Phantom Menace. I really felt like that was that would destroyed things. Fair enough. Jaws 4, the Revenge against Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Uh, and I may be going against myself here, but it was still it was still Indiana Jones. So, uh, Jaws, Jaws 4 is worse. We could have had a Shia LaBeouf matchup in the, uh, <laughs> in the final four, but we don't. All right, we're down to eight for the absolute worst. Uh, here we go at the top here. American Reunion against The Hobbit, which is uh, the worst, worst fourth movie out of those two. American Reunion. Uh, now we've got um, Bride, Bride of Chucky. Going head to head with Vegas Vacation. I mean, that is a wow. rough duo. Yeah. Um, man, I don't want to. I don't want to seem like I'm misogynistic, but Bride of Chucky. Okay. Yeah. It would have been interesting to have two comedies going head to head in the final four, but we don't. Uh, Batman and Robin against Transformers. Batman Age of and Extinction. Robin. Yeah, I don't think you could make a Transformers movie. Mm-mm. It would be as bad as that Batman round because you know where you're getting with Transformers. Yeah. It's just, it's going to be, you're going to have the uh, same, like, few fights. It's not good. But. If you have a car driving that just turns into a running robot, you're already better than Batman and Robin. You know, you have, yeah. you have, you show me one Bumblebee turning into, like, a, you know, going from Volkswagen to running, then you you win. How long would the running time of Transformers Age of Extinction need to be before you're like, yep, worse than 90 Batman. seconds. Oh, <laughs> how, how long would it have to be? I mean, it would it would have to be th- like three hours and forty minutes and bad yeah. for all three hours and forty minutes. I think if it was three forty, I would I would have rated it lower. You know, I mean that. That's but it has to be bad. That it has to be bad that long. It, yeah. You know, yeah. Well, we know it's not good. All right, and then uh, Phantom Menace against Jaws Four: The Revenge. I think they have found their match. I'm going to go with Jaws Four here. Okay, and speaking that we've got the final four within the fours. Uh, so, uh, American Reunion against Bride of Chucky. Bride of? All right. Uh, Jason Biggs is thrilled. Uh, <laughs> Batman and Robin against Jaws 4. Batman and Robin. And fi- and the champion for the absolute worst fourth movie, Batman and Robin against Bride of Chucky. Who takes it home? Because there are expectations and things associated with your movie going with your movie going choices. Uh, Batman and Robin is, is the worst. It really is. I mean, it's true. Like the Delta between <laughs> the, uh, the good Batmans and Batman and Robin is so huge. I'm sure it's not that big on Bride of Chucky. No. Child's Play is, or whatever the original Bat, Batman begins the and Dark Knight, Dark Knight, uh, returns, Dark Knight rises, rises, rises. uh, thrill me, thrill me. I, I, and, and yeah, and Batman, Batman and Robin, and it's not even, I thought, the world of the very first Batman, the, the Nicholson uh, Joker Batman. Yeah. I didn't think necessarily that, that was great, but I knew Batman and Robin was 
dog shit. Yeah, well, they made um, Batman Three, which which was Batman Forever, and Batman Forever. That's Ice. Is that Schwarzenegger and Carrie? Yeah. yeah, Okay. Exactly. And I was, so I I think I was twelve. I I recall it being nineteen eighty nine when Batman came out, and so I was probably only like sixteen or fifteen or whatever when when Batman Forever came out. And Jim Carrey at the time, you know, I liked Uh every every sixteen year old like kid was like oh jim carrey and i remember going to that movie at a time where i was really not very discerning and i was like that stunk i mean that was terrible (laughs) (laughs) and then batman and robin came out and i think i saw it maybe as a freshman in college and i remember thinking at the time this is the worst movie i've ever seen it's really and it's tough to do with that much eye candy like there's it doesn't take a ton to have to like satisfy a young moviegoer. So to feel that way, like at, at, you know, at such a, like an um, kind of non-discriminating age, as far as like most movies go, it, it's, it really takes, you really have to screw it up to have that, yeah. to have that happen. I mean, I had a crush on Alicia Silverstone. Mm-hmm. She's in it. Like no reason to dislike Clooney or, or Chris O'Donnell. I yep. mean, you gotta like the Clooney, his whole career is just taking one on, you know, <laughs> he's, he's owned up. He's owned right. up to the, the problems with Batman. That's for sure. <laughs> All right. Well, that was uh, that was my take on the, the fourth. So thank you for your yes. uh, your help there. And I'll incorporate I'll, that into the theorem. I'll give you one that's uh, that's based on fourth as well, Rush. So here's the situation. I'm going to give you some classic trios, threesomes, or three baggers, Rush. And I'd like you to add the proper piece to turn them into bona fide quartets, fourthsomes, and quad baggers. Great. Cool. So what, not necessarily, they're not missing anything as a threesome. So you're just going to add something that kind of like, oh, this is a nice compliment. People would be satisfied with these as foursomes instead of threesomes. Cool. Great. I'll, I'll try my best. Graham cracker, marshmallow, chocolate, and. Oh, uh, what about like uh, a, just a little bit of like a strawberry drizzle? I love it. Strawberry drizz. I love it. There's uh, this reminds me of a joke uh, Dave Pasquese's son uh, used to tell. I think he was like nine or ten. Um, what is um, uh, uh, why does Snoop Dogg bring an umbrella? Why for drizzle? Why does Snoop Dogg have a straw in his drink? Why for swizzle? What's Snoop Dogg's favorite um, snack at the movie? I, I don't Twizzlers. I <laughs> Reese's Pieces, they're little, they're delicious, they they just go down like crazy. All right. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I felt like I was supposed to say that. So I, I, I think so. I think you, you did your part. You did your part. I did well. my part. I, I, if, if with retrospect, I'd probably put peanut butter on there. Okay, the nice. Strawberry <laughs> okay, peanut butter. Great. We yeah. can do it. PB. I mean, both both would be good, but peanut butter would be great. I hear you. I think that's, I think that's actually the right answer. Um, Huey, Dewey, Louie. And, and the news. You gotta get <laughs> Huey, Dewey, Louie, and the news. <laughs> That's great. That is, the, that is not what I thought would be the answer, and it's perfect. It's the perfect right answer. <laughs> Ketchup, mustard, relish? Uh, give me tiny cut onions. All right. Tiny cut onions. How about, uh, okay, gold, silver, bronze, and... Ooh, ooh. See, you don't want to do like platinum because you want it to be, you want it to trail bronze, right? You can put it anywhere. You can, you can put it, if you want, you can put it between yeah, gold and silver I, I if you want. I want to do the fourth, I want to do the fourth place at the Olympics. Um, 10. 10. Okay, great. 
And, and just as a reminder, you can put these anywhere if you want to. Small, medium, large, and... Small, medium, large, and too much. All right. <laughs> a few more. Stop, drop, roll. Oh. Um, let's see. So... You can put sprint. Uh, you can put sprint at the front of this. You know, like when you realize yeah. you're on fire, you might sprint, then stop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> scream. Right. Scream. Stop. Stop. Drop and roll. <laughs> scream. Stop screaming. Drop. Uh, Simon says. Stop. Drop and roll. Didn't say Simon didn't right. say drop. Did drop. Roll. Nope. Uh, Stand, very standing. I'm gonna say. Um, uh, how about, how about like Pat? You okay. Know, you gotta like do the, you know, knock that fire off your, uh, off your, uh, do you want that after roll? roll? Do you want that after stop before drop? I'm going to say, uh, post roll, stop, okay. drop, roll and Pat. And Pat. Make Great. Sure you got it. Um, average home runs, RBI and. Well, you know, you, that's you're really walking into a yep. hornet's nest. I hear you. Talking to a I, I, I didn't oh, start. I didn't start with this one, Rush. This was like seven into it, you know, because like, I, I yeah. have a feeling this one might might be a little more. It's, it's an offensive set of baseball statistics. <laughs> Re, really, really poor uh, statistics to reflect the actual value of a baseball player as has been, uh, you know, proven it to great to great uh, extent in the last 30, 40 years. Um, so I'm going to give you one that that fits in like the meaningless stats like that okay and i'll say if you if it's average uh home runs I mean, home runs is kind of helpful to know uh, rbi less so and i, I think runs is just the, okay. the, the perfect yeah. you know fourth but if i was running like a fantasy league or whatever you know give me one base percentage give me slugging um war before i'm before i'm looking at things like runs and rbis you look at war in there or that kind of thing mm-hmm. yeah uh all it's right here's war. one breakfast lunch dinner i mean i'm sorry but it's brunch i mean okay it's just it's it's just is a thing and nothing else is great two more planes trains automobiles and oh uh, yeah interesting always bothered me a little bit because is a train a tra- train's not an automobile is that is that really the case I guess, I, not. I guess they're just yeah it must be differentiating at least for the sake of that movie from like cars i guess uh yeah i mean, I, yeah. I mean boats is boats is what okay. they would have added for the sequel yeah planes perfect. trains bo- planes trains boats and automobiles and you know they had the good sense not to make a sequel to that yeah right <laughs> leave the boats out of there last one rush scarecrow tin man lion and uh the arrogant platypus. All right, <laughs> we're, we're, I don't. I know we haven't, but it feels like for years we've been trying to fit that character in somewhere. The way the way <laughs> the way you said it, and the way like I, the way it struck me is like ah, we're we're still trying to find the right place for the arrogant for the arrogant platypus to go. All we've right, got the cowardly. Uh, we've got the the stupid. We've got um, yeah. All right. What's the other one? Uh, the dumb. It's dumb and no heart. Uh, the, no heart. Yeah, the Tin Man has no heart. No heart. No no brains. No humility. No, from oh, the, no no courage. Yeah. What's the, yeah yeah. So just no heart versus no courage. Whatever. Uh. So 
I'm going to make this one with no um, self-awareness. No, no humility. This, <laughs> yeah. Right. This, this platypus, he's like, he's wearing, he's got like Mr. T amount of gold chains on. And he, uh, he he's just like over the top in all respects. Very arrogant. He like, he, he runs a series of uh, like day trading. Oh, uh, no. Oh, he's, he's, he's done very well. This guy's squeezing shorts right now. Yeah, he's squeezing shorts for sure. <laughs> I had to look, and, and I had to look that up. He, he, I've actually had to educate myself as to what short sales are and squeezing shorts uh, is because the the world's alive with the with the with the words GameStop right now. Sure. You know, I had a buddy who was in uh, uh, was at GameStop and was in their legal department and got a bunch of uh, shares like invested, oh, really? but he left several years ago. <laughs> okay. but I, I've, been, I've been needling him a bit about that since his. <laughs> Uh, value would have gone up quite a bit. All right, that was all those rush. Uh, it was fun. Okay, uh, got mostly quick hitters the rest of the way for me here. All TJ. right, do um, it. So here's the situation. This refers to knocks. Uh, there's a knock at your door, and a, and uh, you go and you open it up, and you're glad to see the magical man. Now, ah, I've, okay. I've mentioned the magical man a couple of times. He usually comes and knocks at the door, and he gives you offers that are always good. He's like kind of the opposite in your view mm-hmm. of the eccentric billionaire. Yep. He's just there to mostly help you out. And the magical man says, hey, I got an offer for you. You tell me which of these things you want. You get one of them. Don't worry about it. You get one. Uh, I will, I'm will. i going to give you some presents Ooh, over okay. a period of time. And I, I'm giving you – you got four options. I want to hear what which one you want. All right. And you can put them in order if you want. Um, option one is I'm going to give you one present uh, at the end of the year that's worth about $100,000. Get a present for about 100000 Okay. Second, second option is I'll give you a present every month. It's worth around five thousand, maybe as much as ten, but you know, close, close to about five thousand a month. Okay, one present every month. Next thing is I'll knock on your door at the end of every week, Ooh. and I'll arrive with a present that's worth about a thousand to two thousand dollars every week. Or I'll come here every day and I'll give you a present that's worth about fifty to one hundred, one hundred fifty dollars every day. Okay, so. I want you to tell uh, the magical man which of those options would you choose and why, and which one would be the one that you put last and why. Okay. Um, the first is going to be 12 presents at five to 10. I, I think that is like, that places those things way more extravagant than any present I would, I would buy. And, um, and it gives me something to look forward to every, to look forward to every month. So, um, so th- that was the thinking there. Secondly would be every week. Cause I like having something to look forward to and one to two K is still absolutely nothing to, to sneeze at. And then the third one oh, those would, are phenomenal presents to get a thousand dollar present. This is a great, that, great. Oh, this is tremendous. Here. Tremendous. The third would be wait all year for the hundred K. Cause who knows? That's just like, holy crap. That could be. So, so beyond your, your dream kitchen he's yes. gonna give you he, he listens to the podcast so oh you your, your dream kitchen well that we, we might move that up to two then if he's a podcast fan um and then the every the every day i i uh i like to think that i wouldn't but i almost might start taking it for granted like that it was that yeah. it was every day so um so that's that's the only that's the reason that that one's in in last 
when you were thinking about these presents, were you thinking about them as like just totally random things within that value? Or were you thinking more that he would he would curate them kind of to stuff that you might be interested in? Um, random things. I thought they would be really varied. Um, I okay. thought one could be like an old brass telescope. Something else could be like a tour of, you know, a tour of some, a tour of Fenway. And you get to like, you know sit in the sit in the stands or sitting above the monster or but yeah that they would be curated um along a, a wide breadth of of either objects or activities would it change your ranking at all if you were permitted to um to, to kind of provide a, a general direction so you can't give a list of exactly what you want but you can say like these are the sort of things like maybe you give a list of 50 or hundred things that you really like, or, or even 10 things that you really like, would that in any way change, uh, the, your ordering? I don't think so. And I would choose not to, if possible, I would actually choose not to narrow the, the, the scope. Um, just cause the magical man seems to know what he's doing. You know, like oh, yeah. he, he seems to be tapped into something that is, that's pretty right on. So even given the choice, I would not. And, I don't think it would change my ordering on this at all. So you, yeah, you like the surprise. Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's it. That's it for him. Here's this. I don't know if this is going to be a short one or not rush, but um, like I said, the, the theme of this is fourth knocks and sometimes we go right at it. So here's kind of a, you know, sort of a internal way to go at Fort Knox. Here's the situation rush. Some people fiercely protect their privacy some their sex life, some their phobias and anxieties. Rush Howell, what do you fiercely protect in your own private Fort Knox? Mm. Boy, I think I'm pretty open. Um... So what do I protect? I guess what I, uh, I don't, if I don't know you, I will generally try not to talk about like politics or religion very much. Okay. And that's so out of nicety as opposed to wanting to, uh, hide your political feelings or whatever. Right. I mean, that's to, to, uh, um, yeah, it's not it's not really that it's like a I need I need them hidden so much as I feel like I don't know, maybe it's something I don't feel like sharing with somebody like right off the bat. I, I mean, I think that um I tell you, I had somebody ask me the other day that I didn't know very well like what do you want out of life? And that that really bothered me that they asked me that. <laughs> um <laughs> So I guess maybe kind of like that felt way too personal for them to ask. Okay. And it felt like, it felt like an imposition on me to force me to a think about the answer to that question. B, It felt kind of like a little bit private to me. Like, well, Hey, what, what my like goals and dreams are. So maybe like, that's kind of what I protect a little bit is I'm not, um, I would rather, it's a little bit like you, you've said a couple of times, you know, like if you have a story that you really want told, you, you may not want to, um, 
go go talk about it with a bunch of people because then you might not write it down. I maybe feel that way a little bit with like my goals okay. and hopes and dreams and things like that. Um, I, I suppose I'm pretty protective of um, um, my friends and family like anybody would be. But, you know, it, like another thing that I don't love and I try not to do it. I have done it a few times, not many, but I try not to ask people, hey, can you put me in touch with so-and-so? Uh-huh, right. Because um, right. I feel like that's an imposition on them to call in a favor, like with a friend of theirs. And I can be I can be fairly like, like I, I will be private about, you know, this friend or that friend or my family in, in that regard. Um, I don't love to talk about um, relationships uh, that I have or am having, but I would, you know, it's like a good friend of mine, but that's not something that I would, I would, I would be all that excited to get yeah. into. Um, I don't know anything, anything for you that, that, that you think is idiosyncratic or interesting. Nothing particular to you. Too idiosyncratic. I think I'm just kind of classically old fashioned. So like, so like my love life, I don't, I don't, I don't, parade that anywhere but that's i think just kind of you know you don't ask a lady your age you don't talk about your salary and you know and like it, it, so there's there's just like those kind of classic things that i think i i kind of observe but i'm an open i try to be as open a book as i can on most things because being honest about stuff like um alcoholism or or my eating and stuff may be of some help to to someone so, uh, but like any sort of like details about my love life, that's not helpful to anybody. Uh, you know, yeah. that's so well, I agree with, I agree with you on all of those. So I don't talk about my love life with, with people. I, I, I've never been into the like trading war stories, no. you know, that sort of thing. I'm not into that. Whatever uh, they attribute to locker room talk and stuff. I have never had a group of friends who did that ever, you know, like that, that was, that was dudes you got asked to not be in our social circle anymore but i've never been in a group a group of like that i i have i mean i i have i've you know different friends different times i I've, I've very rarely engaged in you know long conversations that are that are like like i said like locker room talk or whatever but you know certainly been around it enough um over the years very very much less as i you know got out of my teens and early 20s i would say um yeah, certainly, uh, very rarely would I ask somebody or, or tell somebody, you know, how much money I make. And I would, I would think it would be a little rude for someone to ask. Right. Um, and, but I mean, I don't really, there's not much. But you're always asking ladies how old they are. You got, you, I, yes, you have to admit all, that you are all the time, all the time. And I'm often saying, I don't believe that. I think you're, I think you're older than you're letting on. You travel with a bag of cheap prizes. Just so if you're wrong, you can say like, all right, you beat the guesser. Here you go. Here's a new kids on the block water bottle for you, madam. I was more than five years off. Yeah. But I, I think partly just due to, uh, you know, having done a lot of theater and, and having done a lot of public speaking in my life, I, I don't have a whole lot of um, I don't have a whole lot of concern about getting into you know to, to various topics. I mean, obviously, like client sensitive information, right, or other right, things right, that right. I have an ethical obligation to. It's an entire secret there. 
um, and that I, I wouldn't want to talk about. But if you want to talk about like cases generally, like I enjoy talking about my job too. So anyway, that, that's right. what I think. Sounds good. Thank you, brother. All right, TJ. Here's the situation. Hit me. You are going to be the uh, a member of a heist team breaking ah. into some place like Fort Knox. This comes from Fort Knox. All right. And I'm just going to give you the different positions, and I want you to tell me. I want you to just rank them for me. What would be TJ Jagodowski? Okay. What is he most interested in doing, and what is he least interested in doing? Yes. And why? Yes. And why? Okay. All right. So here, and, and you're allowed to add up to two. If you feel like I missed an obvious one that's part of the heist team. No, I'm, I'm not. I'm going to give you the eight that I have. All right. And they're not in every heist, but they're in a lot of heists. First off is the man with the plan. Okay. The overall big time, you know, big picture person that puts it all together. Okay. Second one is the second banana. The person who, other than the man with the plan, has the most information about all of it, but he's kind of the chief operating officer. He's okay. overseeing all aspects of it, making sure... The trains run on time. Great. Number three is that's Brad. That's Brad Pitt, or that's uh, yeah. Okay. Brad Pitt in Ocean's Eleven. Great. Would be a, a perfect example, uh, but it's also kind of what they're. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's a perfect example. Okay. Um, number three is uh, computer technician expert. You know, expert hacker, uh, but the the person that's going to do all of the computer stuff. Always one of those. Uh, yeah. Everywhere from the the guy in Die Hard to. Uh, uh, Livingston in Ocean's Eleven to stay with that uh, ice gang. Uh, next one is um, getaway driver. Okay, you don't have one of those in Ocean's Eleven, but you often have the getaway driver. Yeah. Uh, next one is the uh, the inside man who's yep. got to go in and do the pretend. You know, got to go in as part of the con in order to uh, to make, make it all work. So uh, Bernie Mac, uh, Bernie Mac in the uh, third one, right? Yeah, uh, Carl Reiner in, yeah. in the first one. All uh, right. But the person who's got to go deep undercover uh, to make a bunch of this stuff work. Okay. Uh, next one is the explosives specialist. Okay. Got to blow up that safe. Uh, <clears throat> and uh, next one is the... Um, I, I I wrote, I don't, now that I kind of look at it, I'm not sure it's fair, but I had written explosives specialist slash safe cracker. Okay. So it could, it could be either, you, you pick which of the... the style of getting in you you prefer um next one is the acrobat okay and the last one is the like kind of lookout slash jack of all trades so the person hanging around doing the odd jobs a little bit okay all right i'm just about that inside man uh if i was if i could be acrobat one two three four five six seven eight okay one, two, three. Got it, Rush. I got it. Awesome. Uh, uh, let's go from uh, let's go from bottom to top. Bottom to top. All right. Do not make me the getaway driver. I get <laughs> nervous driving in regular everyday traffic. I do not <laughs> want to be sitting in the car and then responsible for getting us out of there. Do not put me behind the wheel. I don't want it. I don't. I don't want that. You be nervous all. about every car I that goes by you while you're waiting. Hate you know, it. That's yeah. It takes a special oh. it takes a special level of patience and self-confidence oh. to do that job. And if you're sitting there for like two hours while the heist is going on and just waiting, you know, like time's going to go so slow. You're just waiting for everybody to run out and get in the car. And then like, then it's, it's your, like they did 
the hardest part of all of it. And now you can only screw up the rest of it. There's no yeah. like, hooray, you made it to the warehouse. But if you get caught, there's a lot of like, a lot of, you're the, you're the goat at that point. There's, I don't want that job. That's, that's just no, no fun. No fun. Um, I don't want to be the computer tech either. That, that also seems like that's kind of like a lonely job and, and, yeah. and tick, 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 tick. And there's no like, there's no sexy to it. You're just, you know, again, like you, I'm in. Okay, great. You know, like, so I don't want, I don't want that. I do not want to be the man with the plan. He's at number six. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yep. I don't want to, I don't want to have to do all the logistics and, and stuff like that. Um, uh, oddly enough, the, the, there's, there's a little dichotomy that will show itself as I get, as I get higher here, but I do not also want the weight of the entire heist plan on my, on my head. Um, cause I, I don't want to, I don't want to know that I'm going to overlook the damnedest small detail that becomes the O-ring on the, on the challenger. What about being leader of the gang? Is that appealing or not appealing? Cause that kind of goes with the man with the plan. Uh, I don't like being the leader. I don't like being the leader. So, um, so I'm going to pass on it inside man. I think I'd be good at it, but the pressure of like having to keep your lies straight and the undercover and, you know, there's very little rest in that. Like the phone rings in the middle of the night. You got to remind yourself like you're someone else before you pick up the phone and, and, you know, and, and answer it. So that, that being like the, the, the anxiety of being caught at any moment is, is, is not, is not for me. I will say, if I'm putting the heist together, though, I'm going to try to talk you into being the inside man. I, think I appreciate it. I appreciate I think it. Good as the inside man, <laughs> and I, mean, I put you in there. Like I don't know, maybe, hey. you're, maybe you're going as the Austrian maid, right? If it's, I was going to say, if it's being like a vaguely Bavarian um, housekeeper, then then maybe I can put maybe I can pull it off. The next is the acrobat. I I know I wouldn't be good at it, but if assuming I did get really acrobatic, that might be that might be fun. But um, but I'm not naturally skilled with balance or, or anything like that. So also that never looks fun to me, like having to go through those oh. electri- uh, those red lasers or whatever it is. Yep. That, you know, Hasn't looked fun since Catherine Zeta Jones's butt went under that red laser in the movie with Sean Connery. Um, yeah, that was a that was a track. That was a very sexy moment. Yeah. However, they shot that. It was that moment sticks in the mind of everyone who was of a certain age at that at that point. What was it called? Like entrapment or. Yep, that's yeah, it. Yeah. Um, but also because a, a lot of the times you're acrobat, you also have to be a contortionist. Like you, you end up getting wheeled in inside the little metal like um, room service cart, you know, and you have to pop out from under the cloche and then do, you know, and then shimmy along the the uh, sprinkler system. Um, so, I can't, I can't do pull ups. You know, no, so, no, thank you. It I've would been be terrible. This the add on of safe cracker. Now that that made that a little more sexy to me because explosives okay. are like that's that's kind of fun. Cool. Especially like controlled explosives. Uh, the, the, the the explosive that would blow a lock off, quietly blow a lock off a door is more exciting to me than one that would blow up a van in a parking lot. You know what I mean? Like right. a controlled detonation. That's pretty cool. Also, I don't think. I don't think you could be a kid and not think like putting on a stethoscope, rubbing your fingers together and being able to crack a safe is not super freaking cool. That is, that just always looked super cool. So that's number three. Look out, Jack of all trades. I've, 
That dude seems to me like that's one of the catbird seats. The dude across the street who just needs to keep focused on the binoculars. That seems pretty okay. Like he's eating yeah. takeout, you know, like there's that, that dude can he's filling up ashtrays with cigarettes. He's, he's got a lot of, a lot of freedom to kind of just, just be over there and just keep an eyes out. So that's, yeah, that's number you, two. You don't mind. You, like along the way, they're going to be like, Hey, we need somebody to, to build this, uh, wooden contraption that we're going to fit the acrobat in. You're like, oh, I love it. I'm yeah. really excited yep. to build it. That'd be great. That'd be great. Make a drawing of it for me. I'll figure out how to put it together. Somebody's spend... got to go pick up all this dry cleaning. You know, you're like, all right, that's all right. No time limit on that, right? I got all day to pick up the dry yeah. cleaning. I, okay, yeah, yeah I'll drive over and get up the dry cleaning. <laughs> you got like 15 tasks a day, you know? You're just doing yep. all sorts of stuff to make, you know, they're like, hey, we need, somebody's got a match. We, we need to find poker chips that are exactly this shade of red. Can't do it. I love, get on the internet. love doing research. I love, I love hunting stuff down. That would be perfect for me. I would love that. And oddly enough, then, not wanting to be the man with the plan, second banana is number one for me. That nice. like you're kind of privileged to all the information, but the big spotlight and all the heat isn't isn't on you. But you hang you hang with the number one guy. There's still some cachet. You're known as the number two, so there's still like you're pretty high up in the hierarchy. But they're not they're they're gonna come to you with like, hey man, hey you think you think maybe we can all order out for pizza? Like oh yeah, we can do that. I I, I can put the go ahead on that. But don't ask me like why we don't have all the wiring order, you know, like yeah. all that shit together. That's, that's, that's a little above. That's exactly one above my pay grade. So go ask, right. go ask George, go ask Mr. Clooney about that one. You know, go ask Danny yeah, Ocean about it. that. I love it. I yeah. think, yeah, you'd be successful getting into Fort Knox. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, Rush. Um, do you have, you have a cutting board at your house or anything like that? I do. I have cutting boards. Would you, would you grab a cutting board and bring it over, bring it over? You might need it for the next thing. Just the cutting board. You won't need a knife or anything, anything like that. Okay. All right, here we go. I All right, my, a better, a better Chicago. That's a nice piece of wood. Uh, cutting board here. All right, uh, better Chicago, great Chicago philanthropic organization. I serve on the leadership council of for trial. Ah. They, uh, they're what's called a venture philanthropy uh, fund, where they. Uh, track a bunch of different nonprofits and get money from uh, investors or not investors, but you know, don't donors. And then uh, the the pitch to the donors is that a better Chicago does the diligence on all of these different uh, uh, nonprofits uh, so that they can help people invest money as, uh, into philanthropic organizations as smartly as possible. Right? Yeah. Because if you uh, if you just go around and you see all these, you know, you go to different banquets and everything. It's hard to know which ones are actually getting the best outcomes. A better Chicago focused on education for minorities in Chicago, for the most part, a uh, great organization. That's great. When, and yeah, cause I, you know, you find out that like, Oh, only 10% of the proceeds. So this actually end up going towards whatever research and the rest is uh, spent to run the thing. All right. Um, so here's, here's now that you have that rush, here's your situation. Rush, you are auditioning for the Yale School of Drama. Your auditor says you'll be doing a series of scenes where we never even see your character. You'll be given a character breakdown and placed behind a closed door. We need to get the sense of your character solely from how you knock on the door. 
Oh God! Oh no! Okay. okay. This is this. I would have never made it at Yale School. <laughs> well, this is why. We'll just we're just gonna do. There's the, this is part one of your audition, and then there's another another part to it. But just for the first one, this is I was off a Knox. I'll give you a yep. character, and then you just give me the knock that this character would give would give on the door. Okay. Just so you can see my range, let me start. Uh, yep. with This is how I would normally knock. Yeah, base knock. One more time. Can you bring it up higher? Okay, I think that's the spot. All right, and if you can, if you can really get your knuckles in there, that'd be that'd be good. All right, so here's here's the first one, Rush. It's a second date, and the first date went great. <laughs> that was that was perfect. We might have t- actually that went from like this muffled thing to like we might have redlined on that one. That was that was powerful stuff. All right. The second one, Rush. Drunk husband, 4 a.m. You lost your ho- house keys, so you have to knock on the door. I'll describe this one because I'm not sure if we saw it. It was a rubbing, kind of a knuckle rubbing of the door. And then the palm kind of like at the pace that a rabbit, a rabbit might might strike, that thumper might have struck the, the log in Bambi. It was just the meat of your palm kind of against the door. All right. Um, Rush, Geek Squad house call for a job you know is an easy fix. <laughs> you know what's you know what's weird is the first one the Inspector Gadget theme song. It, it it's what's weird is sound wise, and I don't know. I don't think there's anything Nate can do about it. It like it we get the first few, and then the next ones just get muffled. So that was like a. Is that about right? Pretty close. It was. I was trying to do the Inspector Gadget theme song. Okay. All right. Um. And here's the last one. Oh, thank God, because my knuckles hurt. Okay. You're a cop. And you're going to question a guy who you question every month or so for the same damn thing. That's perfect. Okay, great. Rush, they they like they like that enough. They're going to move you on to part two. Ooh. All right, you part two. You you you're you're still in the running to go to drama school. So here's what's uh, here's what's going to happen, Rush. You'll be given an emotion and a first line to pair it with at random. I have five first lines and five emotions. We'll pair them at random. So basically, I'll give you a knock on the door like this and say, who is it? And um, you'll respond with the line in that emotion. Okay. Cool. So you're at the door. So for this whole this whole audition, we never see you. You're behind a closed door. But uh, yep. So I'll knock for you since your knuckles are, are, are spent. And then I'll say, who is it? And then you have to give the line in that emotion. Cool? So choose from A through E and choose from one to five. Give me B4. B4. With suspicion, Rush, with suspicion, you'll have to say, I don't know. I got bramnesia. Okay. Okay. And uh, I'll give you you the knock and the who is it. Uh, And it's with suspicion. I don't know. I got bramnesia. Who is it? I don't know. I got bramnesia. (laughs) 
right. Excellent. Excellent. We're going to move on. This is the most, definitely the more fun part of this audition. I, uh, I, I, I like, I like this part. All right. A, C, D, or E? One, two, three, or five? Give me uh, A1. Right A1. Straight across. The line is Marvin Redletter Gunslinger, and it's with pomposity. All right. So pompous Marvin Redletter Gunslinger. Here we go. Who is it? Marvin Red Letter Gun Slinger. <laughs> Excellent. All right. C, D, or E? Two, three, or five? Uh, let's try E2. E2, Brute. Um, your line is beep, bork, bork, die, human, die today. Beep. Bork, bork, die, human, die today. And the emotion number two is elated. So you're elated. Beep, bork, bork, die, human, die today. Here we go. Are you ready? Yep. Who is it? Beep, bork, bork, die, human, die today. (laughs) I just saw the Galaxy Quest documentary, and there was a little like that, that, that made me think of those, the, the, um, the aliens from from Galaxy Quest. I like that, and they were so happy. All right, Rush, we're down to our last two. You're still you're still in the running to go to drama school. C five. C five. All right, your your line is cereal salesman, fruit juices anyone? Cereal salesman, fruit juices anyone? And the uh, the emotion is you're cranky. Oh, I was assuming it was resignation. If you have that job, <laughs> it would have to be. All right, but Cranky, yep, got it. All right, Cranky, Cereal Salesman, Fruit Juices, anyone? Who is it? <laughs> uh, uh, j- uh, fruit Salesman, uh, cereal, sa- cereal Salesman, Cereal Salesman, uh, Fruit Juices, anyone? No, no, thank you. <laughs> that guy's having a day. All right, last one, D3. It's Dougie, I stabbed myself. And the emotion is, it's with dread. With dread, it's Dougie. I stabbed myself. Who is it? It's Dougie. I stabbed myself. Wow. Welcome to drama school, my friend. Right. Welcome uh, to only, drama school. I didn't get past school. the knocking part when I Woo. applied to <laughs> Yale drama. I did not apply to Yale drama. I think I a couple classmates maybe go there, I think. But yeah. uh, I don't know what. All right, TJ, last one here from me. Yes, sir. Uh, real, real, you know, straightforward kind of question, one of these. But here's the situation. All right. You're brought into inside the improviser's studio. Yes. And they say to you, uh, the rule of three is a famous uh, comedy and improv trope whereby uh, they always say, you know, you, you have a uh, rule of three. You make the same kind of joke, same pattern three yep. times. The, move, the entire movie, Three Amigos, kind of works on it. Why, in your estimation, is three, uh, a pattern of three, funnier than a pattern of two and funnier than a pattern of four? Why does it work better than shorter or longer? Uh, what's the magic to three? Mm-hmm. Please explain. It, for one, it usually works out to be right right around the right time. So, you know, two can be a little quick. Four, now you're getting now you're getting too long. It also gives you the chance. It's a, It's classically like small, medium, large, big, bigger, biggest. You have the the base, the comparative, and the superlative. So you're set up for the third one 
to be the biggest of of the three that you're presenting as well or the smallest or whatever but it is the superlative uh, expectation um also after two then now there's an expected pattern he walks in he does this this is the result he walks in he does this this is the result so the three it gives you gives you the chance to break the pattern if it was just two the pattern isn't established enough for you to catch the rhythm and then hear the other instrument being being played and and once you've broken the pattern it, it's no fun breaking it again for the fourth one yeah i mean you you can get if if you're going to do that then you got to get surreal or you know you have to you have to turn it back on itself or, or something something else but if it goes bop 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 then you then you feel the difference in the in the rhythm any other any other main reasons like i mean it is a it's almost like a comedy law with do, do you think it's a real thing do you think like rule of three you know ought to usually be adhered two um i mean uh, what did we hear if you if you go over three then you got to make it seven or something like yep. that right that's, that, that's i have heard that that's peter gwynn uh used to say that yeah if you go over three i think it fits it fits with the rhythm of human expectation at least you know as far as as far as our our culture goes you know the so many things come in that like like we were saying there's a trilogy there's no word for whatever a four is. You got to start saying it's a series or or a franchise or whatever. But but trilogy has like has a thing to it. It feels like now reading science fiction, or reading fantasy books. If you're not gonna make three, then like then you don't write the first one, you know. And yeah, if you right. go over three, then you do go to seven or nine or fifteen. Um, but I think I think it just I think it's it's enough to set the pattern so you have the expectation so that you can be fooled tricked or surprised and almost all of comedy involves some element of surprise or breaking expectation and do you think that it is a like natural mathematical type phenomenon like it exists like in the universe and that's how it kind of works or do you think it's more of a culturally uh developed i think it's more in the universe uh as to how it works let's say you put two dots on a piece of paper the mind, I think, can't help but imagine the line drawn between the two. Once you put a third on there, now you have a shape. You know, like things take dimension once you once you once you add that add that dot. Um, so I think there is. If you say two, six, people are going to say like, okay, well, what what makes those that? That's two. It's two times three, so six. So the next one's going to be 18. Or they say it's two plus four, so that's six. The next one's going to be 10. You almost can't help but put try and put the next note on on the scale. So I think it is something that's past cultural and something as to how the brain is wired. It it looks to make, it looks to create, make, and determine pattern. And maybe, maybe for safety's sake, you try and and um predict the third so that you gain some sense of security by being able to know what a little bit of what the future holds yeah would be interesting to see whether a similar concept has has arisen in you know multiple different cultures right um, not just from comedy but you know the rule of three shows up in, in a lot of uh, in a lot of aspects of life it feels like to me yeah yeah i mean we're we're a 10 based society right because that's how many fingers we have right yeah, uh, but but there's I, I mean Troy used to make arguments for the nine based 
with me and I forget what I forget what the arguments were, but there's some cosmic there's some cosmic rightness about the number nine or something, something like that. Um, but uh, yeah, and like, but but the thing is, like, with four, then you get then you get dimension, right? Like with four, you can imply depth when you put that on a on a on a plane. Any three is always going to be a square. I mean, a triangle, right? Four, I think you can you can you can imply a pyramid. So I don't I don't know what that means, but I think three plays into a a an innate sense of of humanness. But yeah, but I don't know. I don't know if there's a rule of three in 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 Chinese humor, if there's a rule of three in Russian humor or if that's like, no, in Russia, rule of 100 and all the same. All right. Well, thank you for <laughs> hopping in uh, the comedy studio. You bet. Studio. Thank you. Uh, that's a that's a tough one. That's because who knows? All right, here we go, Rush. Here's the situation. Fort Knox is just loaded with gold, or so we've always been told. Uh, like, although now I think we're also being told there's there's nothing. It's gone. They they cleared right. it out. Um, so I'm going to name some other locales, and I want you to tell me what these places are just loaded with. Okay. All right. First one, Mario Batali's glove compartment. Um, it's not going to be like sunscreen or breath mints, right? Okay. He, this guy is just letting it go and just seeing what happens. So uh, it's probably like there's a lot of, um, oh, I'm going to say like. Uh, turkey, turkey leg bones, used condoms. No, I, I was going to say, I'm trying to think of like a. I'm going to say like condoms and like Iberic and ham. Okay. You know, <laughs> I was close. I was closest to what you were, you were going to say. All right, Rush. How about the eccentric billionaire sock drawer? What's that? What's that just filled with? Oh, uh, like treasure maps. Okay. Um, treasure maps, uh, like uh, discontinued coins, okay. like all sorts <laughs> nice. of, uh, like, like that guy. Like he's not afraid to like invest in like old Nazi gold and stuff. Sure, you know, sure. Like, oh no, no, no. Oh no, no. he's like, not. Whatever. I mean, it's that's right up his. Here. That's right up his alley. Yeah, uh, he's. That's what he's got in there. All right, the um, Stephen King's bathroom mirror shelves. <sighs> like a lot of lip balm. Um, <laughs> guy strikes me as he's got the pretty, pretty like dry skin problem. Okay. And then, uh, uh, I think he's probably, you know, pretty, pretty typical beyond that. So okay. focus on the, on the, uh, on the chapsticks. What is uh Steve Bannon's wallet just filled with? Um, like business cards from women he met 25 years ago and okay. still would like try to date. A <laughs> uh, Prince's bedroom closet. Let's say Prince was uh, while alive. Prince's bedroom. Yeah. Oh my God! What an awesome. I mean, think about the think about how much great stuff is could in be there. a portal be, to another dimension. There could be anything in there. Yeah, I, I'm going to say though that he's he's got a section that's like game worn NBA jerseys. Oh, very cool. From each member of the Hall of Fame. Okay. Like he has he that's has great. one from and they're all game worn. They're all signed. <laughs> and he's guys, and guys, he thought should be in there. He's got Sean yeah. Kemp's. He's got Sean Kemp's. I don't know if Sean sure. Kemp's in the hall, but he's yeah, I hear you. But he's got them all, and he wears them sometimes. Sometimes he wears. Sometimes he has parties, and he says, "Hey, just come in and put everybody put on, put on your fav- their favorite player." <laughs> all right, Rudy Giuliani's pocket. 
Uh, he's probably at this point got like a little hole in the pocket where he can jerk himself off. Okay, so I love it. Everything else falls out. <laughs> uh, that thing. Um, Jay Cutler's trunk is filled with. <laughs> Jay Cutler's trunk is going to be filled with like. Uh, I, I don't want to say my pillows because of the political right. aspect of that, right. but it's right. some dumbass like <laughs> infomercial thing. Okay, so he's gonna have like like <laughs> eight to ten like of the those gorilla bows. Okay, know, right. You stretch out, and, uh, <laughs> but it's it's like workout equipment and just all this stuff that you order off the internet. He's got all that stuff. monster tape that you can like make a boat out of or whatever. Yeah, uh, yeah. Just all sorts of stuff that like nobody else, you know, nobody thinks to buy. Uh, Greta Thunberg's lunchbox. Um, I think there's going to be, you know, I think it's going to be fresh fruit and and a nice little, you know, eco conscious thermos. Okay. Um, and uh, then maybe like there's like a a small like fold out of just like. Rodney Dangerfield's like dirtiest jokes. <laughs> Do you remember Truly Tasteless Blanche Knotts Truly Tasteless Jokes? Do you remember those books? Yes. <laughs> it's right. like one of those things where she just has a little bit of a, <laughs> a little thing. A little thing street. she just does for herself just to keep herself yeah. sane. You can you yeah. can't you can't fight. You can't save the world uh, you know 24 hours a day. All right, last two. Rush Howell's coffee table is loaded with uh usually has uh like a few board games and uh, board game accoutrement on there. Okay. Um, along with uh, usually one or two uh, books because I like to read more on my couch than I do seated in a chair. All right. And you'll have to guess this one. This is a place you've never seen or been. TJ Jagodowski's freezer is loaded with what? Ooh. Ah, uh, God. TJ Jagodowski's freezer. Um, I mean, I, I, I'm going to think it's like, like you, you, you overdid it on certain of your vegetables uh-huh. and you like, you're real proud of your, of your vegetables and you're like, I got to keep them all for the, <laughs> you know, I can't throw any of these things out. So you put them in the freeze. I mean, you're not going to have a bunch of steaks in there. That's not Mm-mm. a TJ thing. No. And you're, you're not like I don't think you're gonna have like a ton of ice cream. I mean, you should have some. I hope. I have but, none. Uh, nor do I think you're gonna have a bunch of popsicles or whatever. So I think you're I'm gonna none. have a bunch of like frozen veggies and then like maybe maybe some uh, like some fancy ice. Okay. Huh? Do you want Do you want to know? Do you want me to tell you what's in there? Yeah, yeah. Because I know I'm wrong. There's a lot of edamame. Yes. Yeah, see, at least yeah, I must have said that. Cookies. Yeah. Couple loaves of bread. Couple pounds of lunch meat. Um, and that's about it. The rest is Beth's. The only one I wouldn't have guessed that I should have guessed is cookies. Cause I've never thought about putting cookies in a freezer. They hold up pretty great. I buy, I'll buy like two dozen big ones at like, uh, at a bakery or whatever, you know, the size of a tea saucer or whatever. And, uh, and I'll just put them in there, pull one out at noon that day, let it defrost in the, uh, on the countertop and have it that night. The first thing that came to mind was snap peas. And then I was like, I, oh. I don't think I've ever heard TJ really, really rave about snap peas or no. green beans. So I should have gotten the edamame, but I was thinking oh, like that. You know what else there is? There's a couple of bags of like, I had way so many leftover tomatoes. I tried to make my own tomato sauce and I just put that in a Ziploc bag and it's in the fridge. It's just going to die in there. I'll just, at one point, like I'll, I'll 
next summer I'll be like, what am I doing with this? And I'm going to throw those it away. Tomatoes you grew? Yes. Yeah. All right. So I get a half credit at least. That was. Yeah. That was from the garden. Excess stuff <laughs> from your garden. All right. Well, that's it. That was that was fourth knocks. I think we I think we did them both. I think we did them both justice. Um, thanks, Nate. Thanks, Julie. Thanks, Emily. Thank you guys for listening. Next week we should have a pretty fun guest. Do you want to plug our guest, Rush, or should we just let it be a mystery? Uh, you know, I, I guess we'll let it be a mystery. Okay. We'll let it be a mystery. Uh, it's a, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. A, a different, uh, coming from a different uh, avenue than, than most of our, our guests, and one I'm excited to have on. And he's, 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 he's kind of a tiger, we'll say that. Yeah, that's fair. Okay. All right. Tune in. Tune in. I hope that's enough of a teaser. (laughs) We'll see you next week.